Hey, 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 it's B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. I want to say thank you for joining us here today. We're currently at 52,000 thanks to you, and we're on over 40-plus podcast platforms, including Amazon Music and Audible. So today's guest needs no introduction. Joe Santi, the Olaplex perm master, need I say more? Mic drop. Uh, Joe's career of 47 plus years in the beauty industry has been multifaceted. Joe founded the use of Olaplex with color and with lightener as part of the development team at Olaplex and is the VP of VP of uh, success um, with Olaplex LLC. His passion has always been perming and other texture services. The perm program he developed for Olaplex increased customer demand and stylist revenue for what was otherwise a flat category. He still works as a consultant with Olaplex Inc. and works behind the chair part-time to stay abreast of the industry. He has mentored and helped stylists worldwide increase their revenue through his shows, articles, books, and videos. As an educator, encouraging stylist growth has always been where he derives his greatest pleasure. He has spoken on the on beauty in all 50 states, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Grand Cayman, Egypt, and Germany, and has spent his last few years being on air as an on-air guest with QVC. His business mission is to share with others immediate ways to increase their business at the salon level integrate their work, personal lives, and continue to stay inspired. Today, we'll be talking about his book, Passionate Salon Professional. Let's welcome today's guest, Joe Santi. Thank you, Brad. I have to take a step back and go, wow, that was one hell of an introduction. And probably your list is much, much longer than that sort of thing of everything you've done. But I just kind of want you to introduce yourself and give us a bit about your background. Sure. You know, you would know it. Um, I would hate to walk away from the video, but if you want, I would go get something. It would be one hell of visual aid for your introduction, but I don't know if that would be good, bad, or if it would help. Or sure. Well, we have an audio version. We have a video version, so it's it's up to you. Cool. <laughs> there, there's no censorship here. All right, well, first of all, <laughs> let me thank your audience. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. I've been a hairdresser since like 1975. And it's, to me, it's the greatest industry in the world. Um, it, it sickens me when I hear people that say, oh, my son or daughter wanted to go into hairdressing and I poo-pooed it. And I'm going, why? Why would you do that? I said, this this is an industry you could where you can make as much money as you want. You call your own shot. I mean, again, I'm hoping... I think the country, as a result of COVID, is now starting to change a little bit mm -hmm. and starting to see the benefits behind people like us that work with our hands that are in a more technical capacity. But I, I want to thank anybody that's listening or watching a podcast because it's just like with books. You know, people aren't reading as much anymore, Brad. People aren't watching DVD. Everything is online, which is great. However, in our industry, you still need to get out. There's a big social aspect to our industry and when dr lou and i wrote this book back in 2007 it was as relevant then as it is now because there's nothing quote technical in it it's about the people skills and the steps you can take from a psychologist standpoint and from a 
hairstyling perspective to actually build your book, retain your clients. I mean, I'm proud to say that most of my clients never went anywhere else. They just died off. Mm -hmm. The only clients that actually went somewhere else is when I was doing 93 shows a year. Sometimes people would get tired of waiting for an appointment and they would go. But I have to tell you, I, I regretted most of my life not having a college degree until I really opened my mind to the opportunities that the beauty industry offered. And I've never looked back. And to this day, you know, I thank God every day that I stayed a hairdresser as long as I did. Exactly. Exactly. Because now the way that hair is, um, you know, we never thought we would doing uh, do be doing a lot of online education. We never thought we would be, you know, doing things that the way we are, and especially with here where I am in Canada, we've been locked down. We still have mandates, wow. <laughs> you know, and another way. Yeah, we're really. Um, we're really <laughs> secure, secure here. So, um, but with that, and and the same, I always believe that re- uh, readers are leaders. And if you don't read and you can't expand your mind, and especially this time that we've had during lockdown, it was nice to be able to, you know, utilize our profession in a different way, reach out to clients in a different way. Maybe you can't do their hair, but you can reach out through video, through a phone call, through a different way. Um, as they say, like reading, and we have your your book here. And And the nice thing was, is when I first started in the hair industry, I went to when when dr lou was here i actually was at one of his classes and it really made an impact on me so when i found out you did the book with dr lou although it's more about you than about him because he's not here (laughs) but but when i read that it just took me back to that time and it was at the beginning years of my career that i learned these principles i learned the life cycle of you know you're going to have basically you're going to have a kid come in and sit in your chair then they're going to go you know they're going to grow up then they're going to go to high school then they're going to get married and then they're going to have their own kids and then you're doing their kid you know what i mean so uh, i like call it like you you basically do the lifestyle the life cycle of a client just where people don't realize how important that is. And that's what I find with the passionate salon professionals is that book. It's not a a book so much about, I think, how to, and this is the way you should do things. It's more about connecting with people. It's more about having a heart attitude towards your work. It's more about um, as I say, really knowing and understanding who you are as a professional, as opposed to, you know, come dressed to work well, make sure you, <laughs> you know, comb your hair, make sure you wash your face. But when you first got into the industry in the 70s, what was your turning point that said, I want to be in the beauty industry? Well, well actually, the part of my history, I had a great uncle <clears throat> and my father's brother, they were both hairdressers. Mm-hmm. And it was, that even I'm saying this on film, they'll probably haunt me now. <laughs> they were womanizers, gamblers, <laughs> big cars, made lots of money, et cetera, et cetera. But my great uncle helped develop the first commercial cold permanent wave with oh. AFLM. Okay. My father was a dual degreed engineer with Boeing. Mm. I grew up in Levittown, Pennsylvania. Now, the irony of all that is two years ago, I downsized to this house and I'm back in Levittown, Pennsylvania, literally living probably five seconds from where I grew up. But my uncle's 
always had wads of money. They had these lavish lifestyles. And my father, the dual degree engineer, we had a Buick special and we were in a little <laughs> house in Lebanon. Yes. <laughs> so, but I want I want to give kudos to my father. The reason for yeah. that is my father was very practical and socked away a ton of money. <laughs> mm. My two uncles, they lived life. It was great. Like I was exposed to hair shows and the rest of that before I was even a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. So once I got into the industry, my great uncle and my uncle, they both said, Joey, whatever you do, learn the chemical end of the business because that's the end that's going to make you the most money. So back in the day, there was a chain called Down Here. I don't know if you heard of it up there, Brad, or not, but mm -hmm. your father's mustache. And okay. If you don't mind, I want to give a quick shout out. A good friend of mine just passed this week that you mm -hmm. might know. Oh, His Tony. real name is Anthony Dorse. He went by mm -hmm. Tony Dorso. Yes. He was one hell of an educator. I was the youngest at 21 on the your father's mustache educational mm. team. I was one of eight, and Tony was also an educator on it. He was a few years older than me, but but a, a tremendous guy that loved this industry. And there's a there's a lot of stylists. Like, thank God uh, that I was very blessed to have met some powerful people in the industry when I first got in. So I did pursue chemicals. And to your point with how you dress and everything, I was called the kid in the three-piece suit. Whether I went mm -hmm. to a show or educational event, I had a shirt, a tie, a vest, a three-piece suit on. And back then, for those of you that are younger that don't know this, when you went to a hair show, you were dressed to the nines. You, you know, you you rivaled any gala that any hospital could have or any <laughs> quote, professional corporation could have because you respected the industry and you wanted to present yourself in the best possible way. Now, that being said, when I go to a hair show today, if I see somebody in jeans loaded with tattoos, that's culture. And if they look clean and presentable, that's okay. I, mm -hmm. I don't think that clothes should actually, even today, my hair I, I was running late today for Brad. My hair normally would have been come back with paste and I would have been in some sort of button down shirt, but I ran <laughs> in the door. Brad sent me the email on messenger and I didn't have time to walk the dog, didn't have time to change. But yeah. the bottom line is I, I don't think any, the externals, and that's part of our book, by the way, mm -hmm. the externals matter to a point, but the most important thing, and one of my favorite parts of the book is where it addresses how you should think internally, mm -hmm. like motivation. I can't motivate Brad to do anything. I can't motivate any of you out there to do anything. The only people that can motivate us is us. It's got to be intrinsic. It's got to come from within. And the book gives you a perspective on how to motivate yourself when you're feeling down. Like I had six salons going at one time, and uh, it, was, it was rough. I'm not going to lie mm -hmm. to any of you. When you've got more than one salon going, and I had a great partner, he he also passed away like 14 years ago. Mm. But back in the day, when people would come in and they were in a bad mood, that they, they couldn't understand. I mean, Tony and I obviously were the two oldest that, as the owners. Mm -hmm. But if we had problems in our life, we had to tell them, you got to hang that on the door. When you walk through that doorway, all your problems have got to be, got to be like a magnet where all your problems get sucked to that doorway of the salon. And the most important person in that salon is the client. Because as I've told employees for years, salons don't have money. Salon owners don't have mm -hmm. money. The client that's right in front of you has the money and they're your boss. 
So you yes. want to treat them like you're looking for gold and that piece of 24 karat gold is sitting right in front of you. So the book helps you to change the way you think about things that happen. I mean, a lot of people, they live in their past. And Dr. Lou is always famous for saying to people, you know the difference between a good past and a bad past? And people be like, what's that, Doc? Said, They're both over. Exactly. So you really, you really yeah. had to get over these things. Now, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what part of the book drew you in the most, Brent, because everybody over the years that have, that has bought the book, everything that just went, like some of the people were totally taking the Dr. Lou's quote on the front, which mm-hmm. is like cosmetically and psychologically transform self-images and destinies of fellow human beings. I'm a passionate salon professional because mm-hmm. it goes way beyond the doing of hair. And that's something else I've always liked about the industry. No matter how good or bad your hands are, you can make a living in our industry. Yes. I've seen people I wouldn't trust to cut my lawn, mm-hmm. that they make a nice solid living in the industry and they built up a nice clientele. And then I've hired people that had hands like platinum mm-hmm. that never made it in the industry. So it's, yes. it's, that's, that's pretty much where um, the the value and the the motivation to me when Dr. Lou presented this project to me, and mm-hmm. I sent you the email. This project was a two phase project. Yes. It was canceled back in two thousand and five mm-hmm. by the publisher. It, it was ironic. Everybody thinks we self published the book. This was actually published by DC Press, who has subsequently went out of business. Mm -hmm. And then in 2006, they said, we want to do this project, but you have four weeks to get the book together. Wow. (laughs) So we had some, we did some preliminary work in 2005. Mm -hmm. And then every once a week, and I think the last week I went up twice, I would drive an hour and a half to Lou's house. That was up in Reading. Mm -hmm. We'd have breakfast and then we'd we'd hit the books for 10 hours straight. And and start to write, but do you think the there was a benefit in time in having the time crunch instead of having a year? You have four weeks, you know. So you've got to like get out the content, do the stuff. What do we put in? What do we take out? You know, who's going to write what to 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 break it to break it all down? Because you both have a wealth of experience. And to collaborate with anyone, you know, even if you're good friends or whatever, there has to be the same, the balance and kind of what the book talks about as well. You have to have that balance and going back. Like you said, you can have a stylist with platinum hands, but not make it because I've seen stylists that have, they're amazing technically, but no personality. And I've seen other stylists the other way. They're bubbly. They're, they're, the client has a great time, but their workmanship is awful but the client keeps coming back because they like that experience and that's what it is and i think the book itself is like an experience because when you go through and i think maybe this is different when i read it in or when i was say like studying dr lou in my 20s and then when i come back years later because i started doing hair in the late 90s so you know and and i i'm kind of glad that i had this type of foundation because i've carried it with me always through all my years the clients were always number one 
It wasn't about the, the it wasn't about the staff. It, you know, even my because I had calm music in the salon, a couple of salons. I owned a couple of salons at the same time. And they're like, well, why don't you put the upbeat, you know, you know, dance music on? I said, that's not what the clients want. That's not the experience they want to have. I, I I wasn't somebody who was like, let's pump, pump, pump as many clients out as we can. Cause a lot of salons will do that. They'll play the the fast like dance type music and everybody's bopping and everybody's you know hair is flying and the clients are in and out the chair every 30 minutes or or whatever but you really have to create that experience and for all of us if we collect if we kept every single client that we had ever done our entire careers and and i'm nice to say that i still have clients now that i first started with like you that they've always kept coming to us and i think that's one of the tough things as an artist is how do we retain clients? But I think the biggest thing, and from your book, I think it's that experience that you give them. Absolutely. Am I correct in that? So I would say you're beyond correct in that. And I love the fact mm -hmm. that you say clients, because I get yelled at sometimes. They're not clients, they're guests. Well, no, yes. to me, they're not guests, because if Brad's my guest and he comes mm -hmm. down to Philadelphia... He's not taking one loony out of his pocket to go to dinner, to go to this. <laughs> He's my guest. I'm paying exactly. for everything. But I'm charging somebody. It's a client. And to for me, not for everybody out there, for Joseph F. Mm -hmm. III, it, it was easier. So that way you never forget. You Of course, you have clients that become friends. Mm -hmm. But you also want to keep that boundary when they're a client. So that because yes. that's I think that's the reason why people don't raise their prices the way they should. And, you know, they it just I think it changes the whole paradigm. But mm -hmm. I think the key to keeping a client is to let that client, you know, there's a I, I cliche. I hate cliches on one hand. And then on the other hand, you can't live without mm -hmm. them. It says people don't want to don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Yes. And I think that I just did a project, you know, Jane Morehouse, I'm sure. Right? Yes, yes. I yeah. just did a project for Jane and it was talking about what are some of your tips for a great client experience. Mm -hmm. And mine has always, always been, number one, a thorough consultation when you first meet them. Because mm -hmm. you know how many fine hair clients I've had over the last 48 years or whatever it's been now, 47 years? Mm -hmm that have fine hair, they said, I've never had a stylist spend time cutting my hair because you get somebody with fine hair, all of a sudden the sections are five times the size mm -hmm. than normal. And they're, they're not used to getting a, a well-executed haircut. As a matter of fact, I don't take any new people anymore. Mm -hmm. And two months ago, one of my clients that I have been doing for that 40 plus years says, listen, I have a lady at church. Her son's getting married. And this is how I met this lady. Okay. Daughter yes. was getting married. Somebody <laughs> took her hair up. They said, yeah. can you fix it and do it for the wedding? I did. And she's been my client ever since. So you can't say no to somebody like that. Yes. Lady comes in. And it was obvious. She had that fine hair with a mind of its own, mm -hmm. which is you can make manageable through the different treatments we have today. Yes. I'm not plugging Olaplex, but Olaplex does make mm -hmm. The hair more manageable. So I, I did a treatment, gave her a nice, uh, I was Videl Sassoon trained in, in your Canadian hometown of Toronto. Amazing. <laughs> I, I used to come up, Brad, to buy my clothes from Mr. Mann's. Okay. I go to the happy hour at Hemingway's mm -hmm. and uh, Videl Sassoon's Academy 
was right next door to Mr. Mann's in Yorkville, I believe it was. Yes. Because yeah. mm -hmm. Martin Parsons also had his academy, which I went to in 1983 in Yorkville. Yeah. Actually, truth be told, the person that actually really made me open my eyes and get hair cutting down in my head was Martin. Oh, really? He had a totally different system. Wow. So I, I used the stuff I learned at Sassoon mm -hmm. combined with Martin's system. And to this day, I mean, even if I still in my head, I have it in my garage, uh, the certificate back from night. When I moved, okay. I had to downsize a lot. It's yes. so like all the magazine layouts I did, everything. I threw a lot of that away. But mm -hmm. Martin's thing, I kept. kept I it. kept. I just have to find wall space somewhere for it. Yeah. But my, my point for saying all that is that, that you need, just like the experience with Martin, he spent time. Although I will tell you this. Mm -hmm. I, could you Can you do updos? Can I do? That's what yeah. actually what I specialize in. Oh, there you go, brother. <laughs> even, even, you. even though even though I'm a platform artist for perming, <laughs> but I, but I, teach I love vintage. you for that. I teach vintage, vintage, but I do love Martin. I learned a lot of stuff from Martin. Well, Martin you know, and I used to go to uh, my first set of yeah. videotapes were from Guy Kramer in London. Mm -hmm. uh, Martin spent three hours straight with me and Michael Stark, who you may or may not know the name. He was one of the lead educators for Jingles back in the oh, day. Oh, okay. Yep. So I paid him. I forget what I paid him for yeah. half a day, 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. So they both told me, stick with permanent waving. Oh. <laughs> the upstyles. Yeah. And that's what I want to tell your audience too. Know your limitations. Mm -hmm. Is it nice to be able to do everything? Absolutely. But funny, I just told this story the other day. I went through Cub Scouts, had all kinds of awards and everything. Mm -hmm. Wanted to go to Boy Scouts, wanted to be an Eagle Scout. I couldn't tie a knot. To this day, if you oh. watch me tie my shoes, I have to do bunny ears. Okay. And that's where they think that the, and that's where I think in my head, I couldn't get over it with the upstyles, but that's neither, that's neither <laughs> here nor there. It's a good excuse, but with, what I did with perming and coloring it is fine. I actually did that, Brad. I don't know if you know that or not. I was, I did nothing but coloring and perming the first three years of my career. Oh, okay. I didn't start cutting hair. I did my first show for Helene Curtis. I wasn't out of beauty school. Mm -hmm. I started off with an audience of 240 people. Yes. By lunchtime, mm -hmm. I had 120. So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what you go through. I, I'm saying mm -hmm. that for a reason because there's anybody young out there listening and you want to become a platform artist, you have to have a thick skin. I knew mm -hmm. as a beauty school student, there were people in my audience that had been doing hair for. 40 years and the lady that booked me knew it too because mm -hmm. you'll probably have people walk out but do the best you can and i did put yes. together always believed in visual aids always the reading like brad said about read, readers or leaders not only are readers leaders but you want to read outside the industry too is mm -hmm. this great book obviously i'm prejudiced with my name on the cover but you know there's a lot of great books out there, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, The Power of Positive Thinking, Norman Vincent Peale, Jim Rohn. I mean, Michael Cole turned me on to Jim Rohn. I remember Michael did his first show in the Midwest, and back then I traveled as the Sant Design Team, and we were working for Miller Beauty Supply. Mm -hmm. That's the first time he had mentioned Jim Rohn, who I had never okay. heard of, but yes. what an individual he was, too, to go back to. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he believed that the only difference that five years is going to make is going to be the people you meet and the books you read. Yes. So to your point, Brad, that's, uh, it's important.
And, and that's very much it, you know, what I mean, as I say with Jim or even, you know, how to how to influence and win friends. Like a lot of people read that. That's a great book. But if you can take the nuggets of gold out of it and what you need. But I think the biggest thing, more so than skill, I think is really how you interact with people, how you connect with people, how you make them feel. Because obviously the like me doing a podcast, my podcast is about you. It's not about me. So we want to hear about you. We want to, you know, as I say, you have a long list of credits that I don't even have to build you up. <laughs> but but we will because I'm, we were along the same lines of how we started, got into it. Um, so you said you you started with, with color and perming. What made you want to just go for perming alone? Oh, uh, I never actually, here's what happened. I wanted to manage a heavy metal and hard rock group back in the 80s. <laughs> and the group's yeah. name was Sinister Shy. I mean, it was funny. I was the only guy in yeah. Headbangers Ball with a three-piece suit on. Still oh, wearing wow. three-piece suits yeah. back then. So I took two years off from traveling. I was with Arnie Miller. I started mm -hmm. with Arnie Miller and Helene Curtis yes. back in the 70s. 19, May of 80 is when Arnie turned Ardell in The Matrix. I used okay. to put Penelucin on the heads while Arnie hawked it. Okay. So that was my, <laughs> and Arnie was great. Listen, I, Arnie Miller, there will never be another one. And that, that my heart goes out mm. because nobody's capturing this history yes. of this industry. But that's neither here nor there. Arnie was a true visionary. Paula Kent, me and I got to give kudos where kudos are due and Jerry Redding, true pioneers of the industry. And AF Willette, you... You can't see behind me to the left. Mm -hmm. There's one, two, there's another bookshelf there with just okay. beauty books on it mm -hmm. from back in the day. I mean, there was a guy named Rufus Hayes that was very big in texture. Derek Rowe, who was always my idol. I wanted to meet him. I don't even know if he's still alive, but mm -hmm. um, I think the period that we were brought up in, in the beauty industry, I'm praying that at some point, it goes back that way again to where the owners of the companies were hairdressers. Yes. Understood hair, the psyche of a hairdresser. Yeah. And they do, they did what was needed to help them. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, the original owners of Olaplex, his father owned 40 beauty supply stores and his mother was a hairdresser. Wow. He got it. So Dean and Darcy, who started Olaplex, mm -hmm. really understood the plight of the professional hairdresser. So that seemed in in this day and age, I don't think it is probably getting away from my book, but there is retail. We do have retail mm -hmm. strategies. And oh yeah. Well definitely we'll definitely have probably have to have you on twice. There's there so much to, to talk about, but that's the real thing because when we first started, it was about the client, but now it's about sales. It's Correct. not about the client so much. It's how much can you retail them? How much well, can you? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna interrupt you on that one because that's yep. not what I was. What I was alluding to is. Yes. It's still about the client. Yes. But you need to be using a product line. And again, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that we're speaking to a younger audience that's coming yes. up and it's going to take this white hair and say, okay, there, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of years behind him. I mean, I yes. started when retailing was just getting started. There was no such thing as quote retail in the industry. It was very, it was, it was a pimple on an elephant's backside. Yes, back when I started. I mean, even for barbers, 
I, I can't, you got to help me out here, but mm -hmm. Stefan, Stefan's it was. Yes. Alk and everything. They sold it in barbershops and they would get pissed off back in the day because they would see Stefan's talc in a drugstore. Mm -hmm. quote, the first, the first evidence of diversion. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm trying to, for the younger people yeah. out there, you can't, in this day and age, and that's what I was alluding to, salons can't support these big companies. And they have to go outside the realm. We as even as Olaplex, we had to go. We went to Amazon. We went to a Sephora. Mm -hmm. But I don't find that to be detrimental to the salon business no. when the price is controlled. Mm -hmm. What I find it to be is it's an adjunct. And if the client, I mean, we have the we have a secret weapon. We have the ability to touch somebody. Yes. You're touching someone, and whether you're selling them service or retail, mm -hmm. if they're if they're committed to you. They're going to come back and buy the read. They're not going to push that Amazon thing. And most companies today, and this is something that a lot of hairdressers don't realize, when you see a professional product on Amazon, that price is usually the same price that they mm -hmm. can get it in the salon. Yes. So you need to get creative on how to get the product to the client before mm -hmm. they're able to push that button. Now, exactly. I went in a real roundabout way because I started with consultation. Mm -hmm. the deep one. We went of with course. the fine hair because to me, I'll take as many fine-haired clients as the rest of the world wants mm -hmm. to give up because they're the most loyal. Brad's a perm artist, and he knows back mm -hmm. in the day we were doing 8 to 15 perms a day, oh, making yes. a fortune, and people don't mm -hmm. believe that, but that's the God's honest truth. Mm -hmm. He and I could probably roll a joint faster than anybody. I'm only exactly. <laughs> but we did, we did a lot of rolling back in the day. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So you had the consultation. Then you needed credibility. So, again, when you do the consultation – you get pictures, and today you guys have it easier than we ever did with the internet. Mm -hmm. you, when you show a client a picture and say, you know, I, hey, I've been thinking about you. This is what I think we should put on you today. You show them that you, that's that care that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. you show that they care for them. Yes. And your point about making it an experience, that was basically the way I did it. In between, mm -hmm. so the consultation, as many visual aids as possible, educate, not selling the client, but nope. educating them in a non-sales way, the same way you and I are having the conversation mm -hmm. now. And then the one thing that people used to laugh at, but I made a fortune from it, was the follow-up. Mm -hmm. I think you should – I used to follow up by snail mail. As a matter of fact, I got – I closed my last salon in April of 2018. Mm -hmm. I was still using snail mail. Yep. I went to work for my niece for a while. And then I decided, you know what? I just want to semi-retire. So Brad already knows. I work three hours on a Tuesday, three hours on a Thursday. I do one or two heads a day, still do coloring, still mm -hmm. do perms. But I don't want to work that hard anymore. I'm 67. I, I, earned, I earned the right to kick back yes. a little. <laughs> still make money, but I want to kick mm -hmm. back a little. But you want to follow up. You know, not every day. I'm pretty much a happy person 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. That other 10%, I have the dark cloud over the way we all do. But if you're going into work that day and you know you're off or you know your mood's off or you know you did a haircut, a perm or a color and you felt like it wasn't the best you can do, we would follow up with postcards. Mm -hmm. I said, dear so-and-so, you should now be enjoying the best. It was a blank, whatever the service was, mm -hmm. perm you've ever had in your life. If you aren't, please stop in or call me at your first opportunity for consultation. Again, thank you for the pleasure of serving you, Joe. And then I would put a little note on how's baby Alexa doing or, you know, 
whatever, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that you talked about to, to make a personal connection. And that's yeah. right. As professionals, we should, and I never had my, my staff sell. Everybody always had to recommend. And I think as a professional, you're not doing the client justice if you don't use everything in your arsenal toolbox. Basically, if you're not recommending products for them to keep their style, then you're not really keeping up with, and it's not about sales. It's really right. about recommending. And that's all we ever did was was recommend but our time has gone so fast joe like incredibly fast we got about two minutes oh you're two kidding minutes. me it's gone that oh geez yeah two minutes i never left. got so, the so, thing i wanted to show you i never got exactly to well i'll have you back we'll just link on and then we'll put it there you we'll, go. We'll, we'll put it in but uh, some shows that you have coming up um so I want everybody to join us on the Mayan Soul Beauty Industry Cruise, May 7th to 12th, 2023. Learn and have fun with A-list celebrity beauty industry professionals on Sir Richard Branson's super yacht, uh, Scarlet Lady. Tickets are available now at www.beautyindustrycruises.com. We hope to see everybody there. We'll see Joe there. And if we kind of wrap up, Joe, what's a nugget of gold that you have for our audience? The nugget of gold that I have for your audience is it used to cost five times the amount to keep a client in the chair. If you lost one, now it's going to cost you seven times. So the nugget of gold would be to get, you get passionate salon, cheap, cheap, uh, what you would call a plug for passionate salon professionals. Mm -hmm. But even more importantly, I'd love to see you all reading outside the industry too. So you could bring a lot of that back in the industry. So you're creating that wow experience for the client. And I hope to see you on the cruise. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you, Joe, for, for joining me. Um, we're about a minute, so it'll probably cut us off. But I want to say thank you uh, for joining me and sharing your wealth of knowledge. And we'll definitely have you on again. I'll have to book a longer one next time. Because David, David Kinnington and I, we did like 90 minutes. Uh, now I started shortening them so that way we could <laughs> go on and on and on. But right, we're say, hairdressers. We talk. That's right. We talk. We connect. We do that kind of stuff. So I want to say thank you for, for joining us. And I'll see everyone next time. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye-bye.